right, if you have your Bibles, grab those. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is where we'll be. Deuteronomy 6 uh, this morning is where we'll be. Um, we'll start in verse 4. We'll go through verse 9, and we'll get there um, uh, here shortly. I uh, just want to um, make you aware of something real quick. If, if you would, pray for Austin. He um, is our student pastor. Uh, he's at home sick this morning, uh, getting over some stuff there, kind of been sick all week. And, and so um, d- doing better, just still, just weak, and just been a long week for him. So uh, be, be praying for him, uh, please. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, and so we're just in a series right now for discipleship. We're just talking about discipleship, walking out what that looks like, what that means, uh, talking about how we live it out, how we, how we do the, the nitty-gritty of, of, of just being in each other's lives, loving uh, each other, caring for each other, uh, walking uh, with each other. And so um, last week we just continued in that thought. We, we talked about the community of God and, and how we uh, need that in our life how we need to be a part of the community of God, of the family of God, how we need to walk relationally uh, with Jesus, and how our environment and the environment that we set as it pertains to, to, to discipleship, of creating an environment where uh, that can be conducive. Uh, we talked about our commonality and how for us as a believer, regardless of age, regardless of where you're at in life, the commonality for us is that of Jesus and the redemptive work of him on the cross. We've all got to the same place through the same way, and that's through Jesus and his sacrifice. And so we just looked in depth at what that meant uh, of just being real and honest with each other, uh, of, of letting people speak in and just doing life together. And so all of that was, was last week. And so this morning, uh, my hope and my prayer is this, is that as we begin to talk about this scripture, which I think is a very vital scripture, especially as it pertains to discipleship in the home, as it pertains to discipleship in the family, is that we'll see the needs uh, of parents to step up to the occasion, rise to the occasion of being intentional in your kid's life, of walking that out, showing them, modeling for them. And then through that, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to be very transparent and just give a lot of application through um, some victories as well as some failures uh, in my short nine years of being a parent. And the thing that I've learned about parenting and just about discipleship, especially as it pertains to your kids, um, man, I was an expert until I had kids. You know what I'm talking about? The people that laugh are the parents. Well, if back in the day, I would have done, or I would have, or if this is what I'm, oh, parents, I cannot believe parents. Oh. And then you have your own kids, and you're like, crud. <laughs> and, and wow. What is that even? Like the stuff they produce and do and the things that, the things that they say. Like when I come around a corner and I see my kids talking to someone, I'm like, Lord, please. <laughs> Dear God, please. Especially if it's in the church. If it's out in the world, okay, we, the, we, can, we can work with that. But no, I'm just, I'm just I'm joking with you. Um, so, so, so what I would want to say this morning is, is this. Do not check out. Please don't check out. If you don't have kids or if you're not married yet or, or you haven't been there and done that, if you fall into any of that kind of category this morning, I, mean, I, just, I just want to encourage you, please, please don't check out. Please don't check out. Look, 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 look right at me, everybody right here, look right now. We need you. This church needs you. I need you. In, the, in my life, in my kids' life, if you don't have kids or you're past that age, please don't, don't like just disregard this morning because we, we are in desperate, desperate need. I mean, I don't know if you've looked around, but man, we, we have got tons of kids in this place. Tons of kids running around the halls, messing up walls, 
making messes, being loud. I, I love the little guy right here. That, that's me. Kelly, don't, don't you be, that's me right, don't, no, nah, girl, you be, you be, be that's one, that's, that's, um, that's your husband right there, Kyle's who that is, but, but anyways, that's just the Lord's blessing, that's, that's his fault, that's, that's on, no, but, but that was me as a kid, and I've got my kids like that too, and I love it, gosh, I love it, the loudness, the craziness, the louder, the crazier, the more, the better, so, 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 so hear me, please, we need you. We, whatever facet of life you're in, you've been there, done that, or you don't, if you're single, if you're college age, if you're a teen, if you're a grandparent, if you want kids, if you don't want kids, we need you desperately. Because what I've seen in my life, what I've experienced in my life is this, is that it takes a village. You know what I'm talking Like, you know what I'm talking It takes a village to raise kids. Whether it's one or whether it's however many you got. It takes a village. And so, so my experience has been this. God blessed us with our first um, at my second church here in South Carolina. We're student pastor. I'm a student pastor at this church, and he's blessed us uh, with our first little boy who is nine now. And uh, in that, uh, while we were in the church, we, got, we met this family. And for whatever reason, they took a liking. I would like to say to me, but it's probably to my wife. <sighs> and so they, just, they, they, they took a liking to us is how I'm going to tell the story because I'm the one telling it. Um, so... They took a liking to us for whatever reason, and they just loved on us. They just cared for us. We're, we're, we're from West Virginia, so we, we had nobody, no family yet. We had some close friends and things like that, but, but no family. And so they just they start to love on us and care for us. They take us out, and we'll eat after church sometimes, or they'll just have us over to their house to just hang out and just, just do life with. And, and in that, when we had our first kid, now that became their, their adopted grandkid. Married later on in life, didn't have kids. And so that became their adopted grandkids, to the point of sometimes it was tough for us to get our kids back on the weekends, which I was cool with, but mama wanted them. So I'm like, baby, let's just, what would happen if a week went by? (laughs) Okay, we'll come get them. And they were fine with it. But let me tell you the pressure that was taken off. let Let me tell you the blessing that that has been. And then when we had two, same thing. I mean, say, I mean, those jokers are taking two at a time and loving it, having fun. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's, press the, let's press the limits a little bit. What about three? And they did three. They'll take three. I haven't pressed four, five, or six, and, and Mama's nixed that. But, but, but man, man, how it takes a village. And hear me, I'm, I'm not so naive to think that my kids one day. That my kids one day, and that day is vastly approaching. Like I said, my oldest is nine, about to turn ten in April. That, that they won't look at me and think, well, dad's not cool anymore. That, that, that well, dad, dad don't know what he's talking about anymore. That, that dad, that dad's not there. That, oh, dad just keep, that, I know that day is vastly approaching. And, and so I want, I need, I have to have influence in my kid's life that's going to align with the things of God. I want that. I need it. And I know it takes a village. I know that I can't do it myself and that it takes a village. So parents, those of you that's raising kids, hear me this morning. Please, please hear me. This is not a beat-up session. By no means am I going to stand up here and try to just pound on you for a few minutes and tell you how bad you are and how horrible of a job you're doing. And That's not my intention or heart at all. Because if anything, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to plead with you to just let the Holy Spirit do his work. Let him fall on your heart. Let him convict and draw where he needs to. Let him encourage where he needs to. My hope and prayer is that repentance is had. So maybe some areas where we haven't done what we need to or haven't risen to the occasion like we should. 
but I'm not going to stand up here and try to help him. I'm going to let him do that. If, if anything, I'm going, to, I'm going to beat myself up a little bit. I'm going to give you plenty of ammunition if you ever want to get rid of me one day. I mean, I mean I'm, just, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm, I'm just going to share my heart and my truth and, and my experience with you. And again, I just, but my prayer and my hope is that through that, the Holy Spirit convicts and he draws and, um, and, and he just encourages you in that. And, and so, so for me, my wife and I, we are well aware that we're not perfect parents. And guess what? No one else in this room is. There hasn't been one. There never will be one. That we're not perfect parents. Share with you. Um, so, so this past week, um, if I'm a little more amped up as normal, it's because I've, I was kind of around someone this week. My mentor, when I get around him, and I get, I get wiry. I just get, he's an evangelist, so he, that, like that, he just tells you, and we just, okay. So, um, so I, get to, I get to go up and speak uh, at his, he has a theater, and so he does some church stuff up there in Kingsport, Tennessee. So I go up to Tennessee, and I get to speak Wednesday night uh, to a group there. Um, and just as I'm around him, and so he just, like I said, just fires me up. Uh, but, but the problem was Wednesday morning leaving to get there. And, and so Mary was going to work half a day, and she, she, she takes the kids in the morning. I keep the little, um, and she takes, takes the two older, drops them off, and then I'll bring, bring the little and, and drop him off. Um, and, so, uh, and, and so we're, like, trying to get ready, and we, we put them down Tuesday night at, at ample time. We get them up, and, like, I get up, and I try to, like, cook breakfast, excuse me, get stuff going, try to, try to help out and just be a blessing. Um, and not a hindrance. So I, so I try to do all that kind of stuff. And, and my problem is, I, my problem is, is the middleman. So my, my middleman, and, and, and I, you just never know. It's like, like playing Russian roulette with him. You, you never know. And she's, it's like she's helping kind of like guide me in this. And so it's just, you, you never know what you're going to get with a guy. And, and, and that's one of the things I absolutely love about it is because you just don't know. And in that, God's teaching me some things and helping me understand some things. Well, one, about myself and my relationship with God. Um, but second, even as a parent, compassion and patience. And, and, and so he's helping. And, and usually what we have to do is like when we get, because he's just, he's my boots and jeans guy. Give him like a shovel, dirt, boots and jeans, and he is in heaven. There's nothing about this that just screams that. <laughs> I, I don't want to get dirty. Like that. I mean, I'll get dirty if it was work, was work. But I, like, I just don't want to just like roll around in the mud and dirt and like move this one to dig. I don't want to dig a hole just to dig a hole. Like, I want there to be a re He wants to just dig holes to dig holes. Give him a tractor and some mud and he is like in heaven. And so, um, so, so for us in the morning, he's very particular about his outfits. We're good Thursday because that's gym day. And so we know we have to go comfy in tennis shoes. But, but any other day of the week is a wild card. And so Wednesday, knowing it's going to be crazy, we've got to get things ready. We've got to be, so, so, so I usually like, I like lay out a wardrobe, man. You know, like, like, like I've got like every gamut of outfit there is. And so Wednesday, big day, we know we've got to get out. And we got them up in, more earlier than normal. And so we've got plenty of time for this. Like I'm, like, I'm ready. Like, we're ready. And we're doing it, and we're trying to, and I've got breakfast, and his cereal's getting soggy, and he's tried on three jeans, and they're not working, and his boots, oh, do we tuck them in? Do we leave them out? What, I mean, what do we do? I like, I like the outlook, <laughs> just because I think it's funny. Um, but you should tuck those things. You should tuck the pants over. But anyways, that's another story for another day. And, and so, so, like, we're going through it. And, and, like, and, like, we're, like, pressing, like, launch time. Mama's got, mama's got to leave if they're going to get there on time, and if she's going to get to work on time. And, he, and he's, like, doing the fall apart thing. And, I'm, like, I'm being so good. Like, I'm, like, like usually, like, I get crazy, too. I'm like, oh, my gosh, just put your clothes on. They're pants. Who cares? They're socks. Ah, you've got two of them. Just, okay, don't go with socks today. I mean, like, so I just, like, I can go crazy in a moment, like, um, with it. And I don't know why, but it amps me up. And so, 
So, so I'm in the bathroom finishing up something, and I come out, and there he is sitting on the couch, and it's quiet. And I'm like, Mayor? I go out, open up the garage, and I'm like, Lord, she's finally left me. <laughs> and she left me with him. What, 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 what am I going to do? I, don't, I can't be alone. I'll never make it. And so I call her, and she's like, I told him. We're going to teach. I told him we're going to teach. I was like, finally, she, she's falling off the deep end like me. This is good. Love keeps no record of wrongs, church. Um, and so, so like, we, like we work through it. But I just, I just again, and I, I know it's kind of funny and goofy at my expense, but, but I'm telling you, that, that can be every morning other than Thursday morning in the Miller house. And through that, God's teaching me. Because early on, like, I would, I would get, like, like, real amped up with it. And I, I probably raise my voice a little bit more than I need to or try to and like hold him down and let's put the jeans on him or just whatever. And I, I never did that. Don't call DSS. But um, <laughs> I love him. I love him a lot. I would die for him. I'll tell you that. Um, and, and so, so, so God's just, he's, he's shaping me and molding me and teaching me. And there's some times where I've had to say, hey, come, come here, come here, bud. Get, get on dad's lap. And I've had to look him in the eyes and I've had to say, buddy, daddy was wrong. Daddy shouldn't, daddy shouldn't have gotten loud like that, or daddy shouldn't have done that, or daddy shouldn't have said that, or daddy shouldn't have acted like that, or daddy shouldn't have been on the floor rolling around kicking and screaming. Um, I haven't got to that point yet. But, 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 but I tell you that to tell you this, that, 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 that man, we, 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 f- we probably fail more than, than what we do succeed, or so it feels like in my life, in my house. And so, but, but what I know is this, is that, that I'm going to do everything that I can, and so is my wife, to pursue our kids' heart, even in the mess and the struggles. And what we're going to do is we're always going to point it back to God's grace and mercy with us. Buddy, I'm sorry, or dude, I shouldn't have. Or We're always, we're always going to point it back to God's mercy and grace. And, and if I could encourage you this morning, parents, if I, if I could encourage you, grandparents, whoever is in this room, I don't believe you're ever too far gone. I, I don't believe that you've messed up so bad that there can't be restoration. I mean, if we believe the gospel and we believe God's word, and you may have done some pretty bad things or some pretty bad things may have been done to you, but if God is who he says he is and his word is true, which I very, very much believe, I don't believe that you can land at a place that says that, says that you've done too much damage. Now, that might merit some pretty deep conversations maybe with a specialist, or that might marriage, uh, merit some, uh, some humiliation or humility, in conversation and actions, but, but I believe that God can redeem any, any relationship. Any relationship, I believe he can do that. If not, then the gospel is not what it says it is, and he is not who he says he is. Um, and so I, I just believe with everything. But again, that might mean us, as parents, having to swallow our pride, humble ourselves, pray and seek and be real and be honest with them and allow the Lord to do a work in that and through that. And so, so, so what I want to do is this. I, I want to pray for us this morning before we jump in. And just let God's word be what God's word is going to be. And just let's talk about some pretty intense things here and then see what God does. So, so I'm going to ask you, if you join me this morning as we pray. Join me as we pray. Father, I just, I just want to just, in this moment, just seek your face and ask you, God. God, I want to beg of you this morning in this place. May the men and women in this room and listening online, may they hear what you have to say. Not what I have to say. And God, as I, as I lay my small victories and small failures before them, Father, that, that that would be encouragement to them and that they would see, I mean, this guy doesn't even have it all together and this guy doesn't have it figured out. 
and, and that we're all in this together at the same place, dependent upon your mercy and grace. So, Father, for the parent in this room, for the grandparent in this room that, that, that plays a role in, in helping raise their children, raise their grandchildren, Father, I pray that it would be encouraging. God, I, I pray that it would be very intent and intentional and that you would stir in their heart a greater affection for you. And, God, if there's sin that needs to be repented of, that you would draw them and that they would, be repent, that they would repent and feel that conviction. And, for, Father, if there's encouragement that needs to be had, Lord, that you would encourage like only you can. And, Father, we're going to do just like what we did this morning. We're going to set our kids aside for you and ask you to do a great and mighty work in their life. And, God, help us. Help us in playing a role in that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, so Deuteronomy chapter 6, we'll start in verse 4. Uh, this is called the Shema, and what it does, it, just, it refers to a couple of lines just here in the text that we're going to see in Deuteronomy, and it's going to kind of follow itself out uh, with other texts throughout the Torah. The Torah is just the first five books of, of the Bible. Uh, it's considered the law, and so uh, these are scriptures that would just become a, a daily just prayer for ancient Israel. It would become a daily prayer and focus, and almost like the Lord's Prayer, something that they would memorize, meditate on, think about often. And so what we're going to see here is we're going to see Moses challenging the children of Israel with just wisdom and with some warning. He doesn't want them to repeat and make the same mistakes that their parents did, that the generation after them or before them made. He's going to encourage them with that. And so this is where we land, Deuteronomy 6, 4. He says this. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And so this text, just, it just starts out with some theologically rich truth about the, the unity of the Godhead. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're, they're one. And man, the, the theological uh, richness of this, the theological uh, understanding of this uh, is just a beautiful picture that Moses starts out with. And then he goes on to verse 5, and this is what he, he commands them. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So as we said weeks ago, that discipleship starts with loving God. That's the very place that it starts. And we talked at depth and at length about this uh, uh, weeks ago as we started this series. As we dove into this truth. And so the thing that I find fascinating about this is, is, is where, where Moses starts. He points the people to loving God. He starts at their heart, their desires, their passions. That, that it should be loving God first and foremost. See, it wasn't about doing some things. It wasn't about obeying a list. It wasn't about looking at the law and following it intently. Why is that? Why wouldn't he start there? Why, why wouldn't he go to the law? Why wouldn't he go to the commandments? And I believe it's because we are a people that are motivated by our love and desires. We are motivated by what we love. We chase after and follow what we love. And so we do not buy our understanding of right or wrong. That's not how we function and how we do. We, we do by what we love. We go after what we have strong passions and desires for. That's what motivates us. And the reality is this, every one of us in this room has mountains upon mountains upon mountains of evidence of that. You know what you need to do and you don't do it. You know what you need to be about and you're not about it. You know how you need to act and you don't act that way. You know how you need to talk and you don't talk that way. You know what you need to order at the restaurant but you don't order it. I'm just saying, yo, like, like I want the greasy stuff. My arteries will hate me later, but man, my body will love me now. Okay, maybe not my body. My stomach will love me now. 
We know, don't we? We know the healthy stuff and what it does for us and how it's supposed to and, and break down. And do, but what we, we, we go for the other stuff. And then at the end, dessert, why would we not do dessert? I mean, you always fall. Like, I knew some people that started with dessert. Mmm. Maybe they wanted something. But, but we, know, we know choices. We, we know right and wrong, what's good, what's bad. But what we're people driven by love. And that's where Moses starts. He starts with love. As he approaches God's people, he starts with a love and a passion for. That's where he hits them. And so the question is always, is how do we love God? As we said weeks ago, it's by loving Jesus. We walk relationally with Christ by way of the scriptures. Meditating on his word, knowing his word, reading his word. That's where our love grows for him. That's where he does great, great work in our hearts and in us. It's, it's through his word, through, through prayer, through, uh, through fellowship with other believers. And, and so this week as I was gone and uh, out, out of the office for a few days and was with my mentor and we are just sitting around talking a little bit and eating some lunch and, and just chatting kind of about the current, uh, uh, current uh, place of the church. Uh, the thing that, that just, just stirs us and bothers us so much is, is how we, the church, we're just, we're just ignorant when it comes to the word of God. That's not a slam. I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just, I'm just, I mean, if we're going to be honest, we don't know what we believe and why we believe it. We don't know what truth to stand up for or what truth to even believe. Is truth relative? Is it not? I mean, if you look statistically, that the, the different things that are rolling out and being said about what people believe and what they don't believe and, and, and the all-inclusiveness of, I mean, we, we are ignorant when it comes to the Word of God. And, and I want to say this, so was I. And I still have, hear me, I still have miles and miles and miles to go and miles and miles and miles of things to learn and understand at a deeper level. But just knowing my story and where I was at, I, I had no idea what God said and what he fully expected. I, I mean, let, let, me, let, me tell you about, let me tell you about my background. Fundamental independent, yo. And as I say that, the ones that laugh, they know what I'm talking about. You do not watch rated R movies. You do not Listen to that music. You do not say that. You do not think about that. You do not. And they never told us what to do. It was just a long list of don't, 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 don't. Man, God was awful. That's what I thought. But I'm still going to keep coming, keep beating me up and wearing me out. Sure, okay. What do I do? I don't know. And, and you know what's even better? Is I couldn't even open up the word and halfway understand it. Why? Because fundamental independent, where I grew up, we KJV only. Praise God. And I'm not saying that to joke. I'm not saying it to be mean and bash. And if you, read the King James Word. That's great. I love some King James. A lot of like whenever I quote scripture, I quote the King James because that's what I heard. That's what was implanted in my heart. And that's fine. And if you want to read King James, read King James. All I know is what thee and thou and thoutest and what the heck is a begat? Somebody kill that gnat if that thing's that big. You know, like, what is that? What are we doing? Oh, man, like, like I remember, I remember growing up, like, there, my mentor, I had just met him, and there was this, this youth rally, and 30 kids get saved. And I go to church, and I tell the pastor. And he's like, oh, that's great. What, what version? Did, first question, what version did he use of the Bible? Are you kidding me? And I, and I was, I, I didn't know. I mean, I was, I was a high school kid, senior in high school. The NIV, oh, God, I hope they were real. I said, what? Those salvations. I'm like, okay. Why, why would they not be? Well, 
that Bible version. And hear me, there's some really good Bible versions, and there's some that I would, I would have, I, and I'm just going to be nice here. Um, there's some that's really not, I wouldn't consider Bible interpretations at all. And we need to be cautious and we need to be careful. But the thing that we need to understand, if, if we want to go that route, then, you, bro, you need to quit being lazy as a pastor and as a leader, and you need to pick up the, the Greek New Testament and figure out how to read that thing. Because you know how we got King James's version? Yeah, yeah, through interpretation of the original uh, manuscripts and what we have of them. Do you know how we got the Old Testament? The same way we got the ESV, which I read out of. Through the interpretation and, and scholars sitting down and looking historically and looking at words and looking at, at meanings and looking at what those words, that's how we rolled out the ESV. Majority text is how we get that. Well, see, I didn't know that back then, and I couldn't argue, like, yeah, I mean, and that was a great, I mean, oh, that's a good, let's stand on that rock and let's, and let's not celebrate the fact that God possibly saved 30 people, but let's be a little bit worried about uh, uh, what, what kind of version he was using to, to tell about Jesus, which was the same gospels that we read in the King James. But we'll, like, that's, that's, that's my history. That's where I came from. That's, that's, that's where I was at, where he was standing up week in and week out and yell and yell and yell. I mean, I, I, like, I love that. And I think that's some of like, kind of my wiring. Like, tell me how bad I am. Yes, you beat me up and wear me out, cut me deep. And then you know what's, what, what I find out to be true? Is, man, the salve of the Holy Spirit is, oh, so healing and good. That's my style of teaching and learning, and I love it. I know it's not everybody's, but, but that's, that's what I grew up in. That's what I grew up in. So, so when I started getting in the Word myself, whenever I was educated on how to read the Word, I knew that there was Christian liberties and freedoms that, that I was okay to partake in. That I was okay to be a part of that, that wasn't sinful for me. That wasn't wicked. Now, you may have personal conviction, and you may not be allowed or able to by way of the Holy Spirit, but I'm not going to pers- push personal conviction on you. I'm going to encourage you to read the Scriptures and follow after Jesus and what He convicts your heart of, as long as it pertains to truth, as long as it pertains to His Word. And there's some things that we, we can't argue over. There's some things that we can't dance around because God's word is God's word and it says what it says and it means what it means. But we don't know that is the problem. And so what I want to let you know is coming March, we're going to roll out an evening where we can come and we can learn and grow and figure out how to do inductive Bible study, how to get in the word and how to know what the word says. We want to equip the saints. That's what we believe we're called to do. We want to help you open up the word and be able to read the word. Be able to navigate through the word. We want to equip you. I mean, church, we're living in a day where it's inexcusable for the people of God not to know the word of God. Inexcusable. Or at least to find out what it says. The amount of resources that are out there. The amount of opportunity that we have. We are miles down the road compared to even whenever I was in high school trying to figure out what in the heck begat meant. Do you know the kind of reading you'd have to do to find a begat? Do you, you know what, where you'd have to dig and look? And, and the, a ton of people never had that kind of resource. And we've got to be careful what we, what we type and search, but, but we, can, we can type, we can know, we can navigate through. Man, it's all there for us, and we want to do a better job as a church of helping our people know what the Word of God says. Well, so, so if this guy stands up here one day and says something stupid, you can call me on it. And I'm being serious. Like, like there are people in this room that has the right to take me out any moment. Like, if it, uh, you get, oh, whoa. I'm that serious about what the Word of God says, and I'm also that serious about what He'll do to me one day whenever He says, why in the world did you bring that nonsense into my church? And I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to flirt with that. I'm not going to play with that. We're going to unapologetically preach the Word of God, and we're going to dive in hard, and we're going to follow it as closely as we possibly can with the help of the Holy Spirit. 
And so I don't, I, don't, I don't know where you land whenever I'm just like saying this kind of stuff and like the word of God and looking at what we're about to look at here in a moment. But, but if you're anything like me, this thought of adding one more thing to my plate is just like overwhelming. I mean, I mean life is crazy enough as it is. But, but our hope is this, is that you'll weave, it, you'll weave it into the fabric of who you are. And, and as you do that, and as you, as you spend time in the word of God, you'll fall more and more in love with him. And this is what I love about the Word of God, because we, th- we think, we're busy, right? I mean, it's 2022, yo. I mean, they didn't have technology back then. They didn't have, I mean, they rode camels for around, for goodness sakes. I mean, they, they, they are nowhere near as advanced as we are. Their life's no way, no way in the world it could be as busy. And I would say it was equally, if not as more, than our life. Technology was supposed to help us out, free brother up, right? It was supposed to allow us to be able to be successful and succeed even more. And so what I love about the Word of God is it even speaks to that. Look, look, look. It's like God knew what he was doing whenever he inspired Moses to pen this. Look, look, look at what happens here. Verse 7. He says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And so, 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 so teaching here means to just show or explain to someone how to do something. Show or explain how to do something. So this is the command that he's given them, and we'll, we'll talk to here in a second of, of, of how, um, how sweet God is and how he just kind of shows and helps us navigate through this. Uh, but, but to teach them is to show and explain. And parents, hear me. This is where I want to lovingly press us this morning. I said us, not you, me, us. That if we don't step up and step in, the world will. If we don't teach our kids, the world's going to. If we don't show them, the world's going to. Why? Because kids, they're learning. They're exploring. They're growing. They're trying to formulate for themselves. They're trying to figure out for themselves. And hear me, we must be intentional in teaching them to love God as well as the things of God. We have got to because if we don't, the world's going to. If we don't, the world is going to. And so we've got to step up and teach them and show them. And so I was just, I was sitting around this week just kind of thinking and praying through some of this. And I was like, what's the world teaching them? What what is the world teaching our kids right now? What is the world indoctrinating our kids with? Well, how you define love? Like like, like the way world defines love is what can you do for me? What can I get out of it? And and after I'm bored with it, I'm just done. I'm going to move on to the next. Uh, Love is what have you done for me lately? What can you do for me? If I just don't have this feeling anymore, then I, okay, it's obvious I don't love, so I just need to move on to the next. That's what the world teaches what does God teach? God teaches love to be a, a, a commitment to the end. And what I'm so grateful for is that, is that the way God defines it compared to the way that the world and the culture defines it, it is on vast different sides of the spectrum. And, and so if we don't teach our kids what love is, the world's going to. If we don't rise to the occasion and show them what love is, the world's going to. What about this one? This, this one's great, and I think this has just kind of come, um, come with the, uh, uh, the wave of, of our technologically savvy world and culture that we're having. But, but what about this thought of instant gratification? Man, doesn't the world want you to feel special and good and be automatically just patted on the butt? Let's give everybody a trophy and a little, a little banner and a little, let's just make them. You didn't come to practice ever, but gosh, we've got a trophy for you. Come on down. Let's celebrate him. Can't, it's Crazy. Uh, and I'm like, I'm, I'm a social media guy. Like, I've got it. You're going to be bored following me, um, and I'm going to try to do better. Maybe not. But um, sure, be my friend. I'll try to get to it in the next six months and, and accept that. But, um, but man, has social media not done that? And it's gratification. Okay. Mm, do we want? Yeah, let's do it. Um, like, do, 
oh, have we not seen how crazy adults can be? Have you heard of TikTok? Yeah, yeah, well, don't, don't go, don't search that. Lord help us. But like people like will stand out and like, like record themselves doing like some like sort of a dance or like, I don't know what, whatever it is, like thing. And like they'll record it and then they'll, they'll throw it up or like they'll limp sync. Like, like they will sit around and like learn lines from movies to record themselves doing it. I don't even know how they do it. Like I guess they stop. And stop. I don't know. Well, however, however, don't teach me. I don't want to know. But, but like these are grown men and women spending like I don't know how much time doing this stuff just to try to get likes. And, and they are some, some of them are pretty funny, but, but I'm just like, 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 you, you, like you're 50. Stop. Quit it. Oh, like, like, have you ever like went back and like looked at your pictures like in the yearbook and think, good Lord, what was my hair doing then? Or like, what was I wearing? Man, I just, I dread that day whenever our generation goes back and is like, oh my gosh. And, and I would even go as far, I mean, if, if you're, if you're, 15, 18, 12, whatever. 12 should not be doing TikTok ever. But I'm just like, good gosh. But we live in a day with, with instant gratification. About the family unit. I mean, the, the, the world's going to define for you what the family unit looks like and should be like and what it needs to be. I'm not going to dabble much there because I'm going to talk about the next one. What about sexuality? Good gosh, is this not a goofy, messed up world? And hear me, I want to be gracious here. So much so. But I also want to stand on truth. And the, where I fall and where I land is the one that created it gets to tell us how that goes. And, and, if, and you were created as a male or female, and you don't get to dictate which one you are. God has assigned that and done that. And I say that to say this, we're going to walk with you and love you, and we're going to care for you, and we're going to share the gospel with you, and we're going to do whatever we need to do. But we're going to share the truth, and then we're going to walk with. And us walking with isn't us agreeing with, isn't us being okay with, uh, but we're going to walk with, and we're going to love to the end if we can, if you'll let us. And we're not going to browbeat you. We're not going to wear you out with it. We're just going to share truth when truth comes up, and we're going to care for you, and we're going to walk with you, and we're going to love you like the church should. And we've done a horrific job of doing that, but, but we're going to define it the way that the Creator has defined it. We're going to talk about sexuality the way that, that, that the Creator has talked about sexuality. And what we believe in this church that God has told us, hear me, not me. I'm just echoing the one, uh, echoing what the Creator has said, that we believe that it's a man and a woman. Uh, that's where marriage is. It's between one man, one woman. And we believe that it's supposed to be for a lifetime. And we know that things happen uh, that, that prevent that and derail that. And we're going to show grace and mercy and we're going to walk through that with you. But we believe that it's a man and a woman, not two women, not two men. And we're going to love people through that. If somebody's gay or somebody, come on, we would love to have you at New Life. Well, because we're going to share the gospel and we're going to care for you like Jesus would. And our hope is that, is that when, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of the heart and truth is revealed and, and they see that in light of who God is and what he said. Because hear me, he wasn't saying that a woman and a woman couldn't be together because he wanted to be mean and cold-hearted and he forgot that 2022 was going to come. Like, like, Jesus, I told you to get down there and get them before then. He don't make mistakes, y'all. He knew what the day would bring. You think it's bad now? You should have lived back then. This is nothing compared to what it was like in biblical times. What we're talking about, what we're reading here, the day and age that they lived in. And so, 
But we're going to land under, we believe God's bigger and better and knows. And we're going to be sensitive and we're going to be gracious and we're going to be merciful and we're going to share truth, but we're going to walk with. And we're going to love. And, and, and this is the thing because I know what will happen because it's happened before that, that we'll get labeled certain ways because I've stood up here and I've said this. And that's fine. Label me whatever you need to label me. But what I've got is a long list of history pointing to exactly where I'm at and where I believe. Like I have had, and you ask my wife, we have had probably, probably about seven or eight relationships with people who, who believe to be lesbian or gay. I had a young man live with me for about four to six months who identified and landed at that place. And you know what I did? I shared the gospel with him, and I poured into him for the four to six months that I had with him. I wasn't afraid of him. I wasn't, I'm not homophobic. I'm not scared. I'm not, I, I don't get, it, doesn't, it bothers me, but it doesn't bother me. I don't care to go eat lunch with him. I don't care. No. I'm just going to walk in love like Christ would walk in love. Knowing the whole time that, that I can't change them. I can't change that. I don't have that kind of power. Neither do you. But what I do have the power is to love and care for. If we define love the way that, that Jesus defines love, shares truth, committed to, walks with to the end. So, I mean, I mean, but church, the point was this, is that if we don't step up and teach our kids and educate our kids, what that means and what that looks like, the world's going to. Uh, identity, those type of things, just slumps right in there with that, how you define who you are and what you, what you are even. Forgiveness. I don't get mad, I get even. Is that, is that biblically what us as believers are supposed to be and how we're supposed to live? I don't get mad, I get even. There's coming a day, brother, you just watch. I'll shake your hand up front. I'm going to stab you in the back when you walk away. No, but, that, but that's where we land. That's what the world teaches, is it not? And it's infiltrated us, our thinking. How would Jesus respond and be? Even our purpose. If we just like look at even our purpose, how the world defines purpose. If you're not first, you're last. Okay, nobody got That was a little quote from my anyways. Good, you're not worldly like I am. Awesome. Um, that was a movie quote anyways. But, 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 th- but is that not the mentality? The mentality of our culture and our world. And so look as, as Moses continues here in verse 7, just kind of the natural flow of it, the natural bent of it. And, so, and you shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when, uh, when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Like I said, it's like God knew what he was doing. Their day was just as busy as our day is. And, and look, look at how he kind of weaves it into the natural fabric of the family. Uh, who, who, um, who, who sits in their house? Or a house? Okay, three of us. The rest of you are homeless. See me after. We'll get you a place. <laughs> it's okay. We can interact. This is good. We won't bite. Um, yeah, you sit in your house all the time, do you not? What about walk by the way? Okay, that, that's kind of like old school talking. But maybe you walk by the way. Um, do you get in a car and drive anywhere? Okay, uh, th- that is one of the greatest places I have found because they're trapped and they're stuck. You know what I'm saying? He ain't jumping out at 55. He probably wants to sometimes, but he's not going nowhere. Child lock, boom, he's stuck. <laughs> yeah, and so we're going to hold on to it, and I'm going to talk, and I'm going to use that opportunity as a way. So, so walk by the way, when, when you lie down, who goes to bed at night? Yeah, yeah, who, who gets up in the morning? Yeah, absolutely. What he's doing is he's showing us the opportunity there to teach our children. Hey, and these people, like I said, they're very agricultural, very community-driven. They didn't travel far. So in this day, there's a lot of time spent together. Kids are out in the fields with their parents. Our day's a bit different, and that doesn't, uh, that doesn't outdate the Scriptures. That doesn't make it false, not true, not right for us. We, we still press in, and we still do this. We have plenty of opportunities to live this out. Uh, let, let, me, let me prove it to you. So every, every morning in the car, what we do before we go somewhere, as we're driving when we first start, it, it's prayer time. 
Like I, said, I got a middleman, and it's sometimes we, we have time to pray in the morning before we get out the door. Sometimes we don't. Most of the times, that's just going to be a no. Maybe you're a snoozer, and you just can't get up on that first alarm go off. And so, so we're going to get to the end of the snoozing, and then we're just going to like throw it on and go. So maybe you don't have time. But you know what you do have? You have the drive to where you're headed. And so what we do, a practice in the Miller family is this, is that we're going to pray. All right, boys, what, what are we praying about this morning? Ask, ask my boys. Ask them. They know when we get in the car, we're going to pray. What can we pray for? Let's pray for our day. Who, anybody we can pray for? What, what, what can we pray about? Anything pressing coming up? Oh, God, we've got tests today. I'm telling you, that is a great time to just pray like crazy. If you're in my house, that's what we do. Or, or like this. So, so Brody, Brody my, my oldest, um, had basketball practice uh, this past week, and it's on Monday night. And so after it's over, it's just me and him driving home. Um, and and he, he wanted to do something. He, that's what it was. He wanted a spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's. Well, well mama's cooked. Well, my mom cook. Ugh. I, said, I don't know, buddy, but it's going to be good. Oh, well, we don't know that for sure. <laughs> to which part of my parenting was, yes, we do, buddy. It's always good every time. Yeah, maybe for you, Dad, but oh. And so what does he do when I say no and I make a left onto Sugar Ridge and not keep it on going out the Highway 9? <sighs> and that lip, yo, if he would have gotten out, he would have tripped over and fell and busted his head on the concrete. <laughs> and so we get about halfway home, and I'm like, all right, dude, let's talk. <sighs> what, Dad? I said, no, 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 it's not like that. No, let's, let's just talk. What's up? What's happening? Nothing. Oh, you, you can't outpout the powder in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can't do that. I, because I'm a powder. I know, I know the game of pouting. Like, I'm a great powder. I will take my ball and go home in a minute. In a minute. Over the dumbest thing. In a second. I, I'll cut you. I won't talk to you for like two days. And like, I'm a relate. That's hard for me because I'm a relational guy and I just like to. And so, so I said, what is it? Nothing. No, 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 no. Look, look, dude, look at me, honestly. I said, you're upset, aren't you? A little bit. I know you're not a little bit. I mean, you're a lot to pout like this, dude. You're, that lip. I said, you? Okay, I am. I said, well, good. Tell me about it. Well, I think it's done. We can't. I said, okay. And keep on. Anything else? Well, I just, I just, I don't even know if I like, I just, I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't even speak that language. I'm like, okay. All right. You feel better? Kinda. Are we going to get a chicken sandwich? I said, no. <laughs> Dad. I said, but what do I do? I listen to you. I took it in, and I said, buddy, you've got to learn because there's going to be times in your life where you're not going to get what you want every time. We can't go, we can't go get a spicy chicken sandwich every time you just want a spicy chicken sandwich. I got some pepper. We'll throw it in on whatever mama's made, and it'll be spicy. There you go. And we live in a day and age. Identified as a chicken sandwich, we're good. I'm sorry. That was a jab. I apologize. There will be repercussions Monday. I will pray. Um, but what I did, I was, I was a dad with my boy. And I said, look, buddy. I said, I, and I'm telling you this because dad's a powder. I can get mad real quick. And let me tell you what Jesus told me. Is that whenever dad acts like that or we act like that, we're making life all about us. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter anything about anybody else. And I'm just, I'm just going to be about me and forget everybody else. I'll make life all about me. Now, non, did he get that? Probably not. But the next time he passes, I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to love him. I'm going to let him. I said, so what you do is when you get frustrated, man, you tell. You share. Get it off your chest. Sometimes things will change. Sometimes it won't. But you know what? You press into the Lord and you let him, you let him uh, encourage you and shape you and strengthen you in that. So we, we had a moment this week. 
As Eric was saying, um, like this morning, like both, both of the, the olders are coming with me in the mornings now on, on um, Sunday morning, and I'm loving it. And so uh, as, as Eric was telling about Egypt, like we tried to get Bishop, or no, that's the, not the littlest, uh, the, the middleman Bennett, we tried to get him in here, and like they were practicing Egypt, and like he loves that. We call that our Jesus jam right now. And what that means is like we go past the 25 mark. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a soft kind of music kind of guy, but... Um, so we go past it, and like we're just like jamming out to Jesus on the way to church. Every Sunday morning, that's what we're doing. No talk until we get there. We're just going let, to let the music like lead us, and, and, and we're putting like little, little songs before them like that. And sometimes I'll say, hey, did you hear, what's Egypt? Let's talk about that for a second. Did you get that? Like after the song, we'll kind of talk about it for a second. But oh, man, God did that in their life. And that's why they wrote the song, because in the scriptures, and then we'll turn on the next one. And, and it just, it just that, that's one of the ways that I'm just trying to raise up my children and teach them and show them. I mean, that, that's easy stuff. Another way, and I think I shared this months ago in, in, in a sermon somewhere, but, but we're sitting there watching TV, and as we're watching TV, a, a commercial comes on, and it's like a, an x-ray screen, and, and they're back there behind doing dancing and stuff like that, and they come around, and it's two women, and they grab hands, and they hug, and they kiss, and people start applauding and clapping, and my, like my, my oldest is just like, Dad, what's that? To which I had the opportunity to share what, what God says about that. And I didn't beat up and bash, and I didn't, I just said, buddy, God's created a way. Man, woman. I mean, the natural order, if we look at that even. I said, buddy, and the world's going to try to press, and the world's going to try to tell you, and the world's going to try to teach you, and the world's going to share with you how bad and bigoted and, and, and old, old school or old thinking mentality and, and all this kind of stuff. But, but, but you've got to know, we love God, and we're going to follow, and we're going to do what he says, even if it doesn't make us happy sometimes. Man, even if, if we feel like there's injustice or the world feels like there's injustice in that, we're not going to apologize for the way that God set this thing up. I mean, so I had a moment there. I had a moment there just to kind of teach him and share with him because the big thing was love knows no gender. And then, I mean, fourth grade now. Fourth grade, and we're, we're coming home the other day, and, and, I, and I shared this a couple weeks ago, and I didn't go into detail. But, but I shared this, and he's like, make sure we're okay in here. I'm going to spell it just because there could be. He's like, Dad, what's S-E-X? And I said, do what? <laughs> Son in my good ear. Uh, that's a conversation your mom wants to have. That's what that is. She has been dying her whole life to get you to that place, buddy, and to talk to you about that. And it's, No, I'm just joking. I didn't do that. And so you know what I did? In the car on the way home one day. All right, buddy, let's talk. You really want to know. Yeah? And I prefaced it by, hey, look, when I share this, this is between, this is between us. Me, you, and mom are the only ones to talk about this. Like, so you don't go to the playground. You don't educate everybody else on what it is. Like, you, you're the preacher's kid. Don't do that. And if somebody says something wrong, you just let them say something wrong. You don't want to be that kid either. Just you, you know, you know what. I'm not going to hide it from you. I'm going to tell you the truth. And y'all, <laughs> like I said, we're, we're, just, we're just being honest this morning, right? Halfway through that when I'm sharing that, he's like, like this look of panic comes on his face. <laughs> you and mom? I said, yeah. Oh. <laughs> And like the, all the wind was sucked out of the car. I said, buddy, you asked. You asked. Now, like I didn't go in like the great, but I mean, I shared what stuff was and we kind of, well, because I want to educate. If I don't, if I don't, the world is because like the definition that he gave me, I'm not going to do it. The definition that you can talk to me after, we'll talk about it. But the definition like of, of what that meant was and, and how that happened involved jumping jacks with no shirt on. 
I'm just going to let you go from there. And I'm like, I need to meet these people. I'm just joking. But, um, but, but, I'm, but I'm telling you, I mean, I mean, if we don't educate, the world will. And, and so hear me, we have got, I have got, you have got the great privilege and calling on your life to model <coughs> what loving God looks like, as well as teaching your kids about Jesus and the hustle and bustle of every day. We have that privilege given to us as parents, as grandparents. We have that. And all I know is this, is I need you. This church needs you to align with God's word and be another voice, a voice in a generation that is filled with opinion, that is filled with truth, that is anti-God. We need you. And then he goes on, he says this, he says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. And so this is the first century Jews here, what it is, they, they, would, they would take this literal, like they took a box and they put the, the, the Shema here in it, in the box and they walked around like this box on their head. And they could pull it out and they could look at it. And, and on their hands, they would have things written and they could see. And they, it, 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 was, it was there. And it was always before them. And some of that's because they, they took it so serious as they wanted to know. I mean, I just think what the scripture says is that I've hidden God's word in my heart. Why? So that I might not sin against God. So when I read that, when I look at this, I, I just, I see this. I see, I see this here. And then verse 9 says, You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So it would ever be before them. It would ever be uh, present before them to be there so that they could see, so that they could know. And, and I know that sometimes there's this religious action to just, just it's about love. We want to we stir love. The, 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 the thought here, and that's why Moses started out with, that's why God uh, inspired him to write it this way, is, 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 is what drives this is love, not obligation out of religious, religiosity. But, but out of a vibrant love relationship with the God of the universe, who has in our condition, wicked, sinful, damned to hell, steps in with his son Jesus and rescues and redeems and offers a way of hope where there's no hope. And when we view it that way and we step into relationship that way, not that I don't have to or not that I don't get to do or not that, man, I'm old school and I define marriage like this or that I'm, when, when, when those attacks or I'm, I'm phobic of whatever kind or I'm shut off or closed-minded or I'm uh, uh, whatever, which, which the funny thing that I have found is the arguments they throw at us is the exact same arguments that we're not allowed to say to them. I mean, to call us those things or to shut us off that way or to say that we, they're doing the exact same things just in a different way. We don't get to fight fair. I don't think we need to be fine. We just need to be modeling and showing and walking out truth and love. And so the driving force here is that of, of ever before you. Man, know God's word. Have God's word hidden in your heart. And as you do that, you'll fall more and more and more in love with God. And that will shape and that will mold. And in that, we use every opportunity to be intentional with our kids. And we own what we need to own. And we make right what we need to make right, regardless of how young or how old they are. Because right now, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've had to apologize to my six-year-old. And I've gotten down on his level, and I said, dude, oh, dad did it again. I mean, don't act like that. And I'm sorry, I wasn't acting like a man. I was acting like a little boy. Well, you can't do that. You've got to be strong. I think that's the strongest place I can be in my kid's life is on my knees, asking for forgiveness when I need to ask for forgiveness. And I'm going to do that with everything in me, every chance I get, whenever I blow it into myself. And I'm going to teach hard truth when I need to teach hard truth. And we're going to discipline when we need to discipline. And we're going to forgive when we need to forgive. And we're going to do when we need to do. And we're going to live those things out with consistency as much as we can, knowing that we're inconsistent. 
but begging God to help us, begging God to, to help shape and mold their little hearts and to see that our, even in our inconsistencies, always pointing back to the reality of who God is and what he's done in us. So that's what we're going to do. So as the band comes and as I close, I, I want to say this this, this morning, try to, try to alleviate maybe even some pressure and stress here. And all that I've said is this, is that you cannot save your child. You can't do it. You can't beat it into them. You can't, you can't force them enough. You can't do it. Only God can do that. But we can help or we can hinder by the way that we teach, by the way that we walk it out, by, by the way that we do that. And where we land as a church, where I land as your pastors, is, is that I believe that the greatest influence in a child's life, an example for Jesus, should be that uh, of the mother, the father, or the grandparents. Where they see Jesus first doesn't need to be on a stage with some guy up here yelling at him or some children's uh, director or, or, or leader uh, sharing Jesus with him. It should be in the home. God's given you that responsibility and that privilege. And, and don't punt on it. Don't miss that blessing and opportunity. I mean, I was, I was talking to a family just a couple weeks ago about how they're asking these questions like, man, my kid's starting to ask these questions. They're starting to talk about baptism. I mean, I got geeked up. I mean, and my thought is, man, how awesome is it going to be when they get to lead their kid to the Lord? I don't want to do it. You do that. Your mom did. You do it. I'll come along and I'll help however I can help. But man, what a privilege and honor as a mom and dad to share Jesus with your kid and they come to faith in him. And then you know what? we're going to put them in a baptismal pool and we're going to let you baptize them. Why? Because you played such a huge role in their life in introducing them to Jesus. And this is a big thing. We just want to come alongside and we want to help. We believe in you. God believes in you. And he has created that child for you for this day. So when you, uh, you guys are back there. I know you, Kelly, you right here, Kyle, look at me, right? You, your boys for you, uh, um, John Gavin, there, there, here's some, there you are. You, you're in every other parent in this room. Man, the privilege and honor to be able to raise that child or children when it comes. Man. The greatest privilege and honor that I've had in my life is to talk to Jesus or to talk to my kids about Jesus and to be able to dunk one because he says he's come to faith in Christ and everything that I've seen, everything that I know, and we give it time to make sure would, would point to that reality. Man, I don't care if he's successful in anything else he does and he, he's not going to live at home with mom and dad for the rest of his life. But I don't care if he makes millions. I don't care if he has a penny to his name. And the greatest decision he ever made in his entire life was to follow Jesus. And I will never forget, I will never forget that Easter when I'm standing here and I'm saying, if, if today's the day of your salvation and you believe it's time that God has stirred in your heart to follow Jesus and, and some, somebody stands here and then I turn here and there is my nine-year-old boy unprompted and sitting next to no one to stand up and say, he's my Savior. Oh, best day ever as a dad. And it was all God's doing, and he used me and my wife in our inconsistencies and imperfections. So parents, we're the greatest influence of showing what Jesus is like. We've got the greatest opportunity with the help of the Holy Spirit to show them what he's like, to teach them diligently. 
And so I want to look at this a different way with this verse. I'm, I'm closing with this verse. I'm going to say a lot about it. I'm just going to close. And then we're going to, we're going to let God do what he needs to do in this place this morning as it pertains to, uh, to, to convicting and uh, us, us following him out even closer in obedience. I mean, just, just a, a psalm that came to me that I am just, I just like, yes, that I, yes, I want that. Psalm 127.3 says this. It says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. That, that's, that's what the psalmist says about kids. And then I love, like, man, I, lo- I love this so much so that I went and got a tattoo about it. Judge me later, that's fine. But, but, we, no, that's not a good idea. We won't have tattoos out in the lobby next week. Never mind. <laughs> We're not going to be that church either. Well, unless you hit me up, we'll talk. Um, but I love this. Psalm 127.4 says this. It says, like, arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Oh, Yes. Do you know how I attack this world? Do you know how we push back darkness? Do you know how we, uh, we regain control for the glory of God? We raise up our little kids. Man, my kids are arrows in the hand of a warrior. Well, God's word just said, I am a dang warrior with my kids. I'm going to raise them up to go out and create as much havoc and craziness for the glory and honor of God as I possibly can. Man, I want them to be crazy for Jesus. The prayer that I pray often for my boys is this, is that they would be ferocious men of God. Fero- I mean, for, I, don't, I don't want some like, like a little, little fairywinkle type little boy that whatever. Like, I want them to be men of God, and, and we'll define what that means. It's probably not what you're thinking, uh, but I want them to be men of God, uh, able to be real and honest and true, not, not to be fake and, and not to be don't, men don't cry. Yes, men cry. The biggest man I knew was Jesus, and what does it say? He wept over the loss of a loved one. That, that doesn't define what manhood is or isn't. I mean, I want want them to be unapologetic about the Word of God and the things of God. I mean, I I want them to be on fire. I want them to know the Word of God. I want them to flip this world upside down for the glory and honor of God. I want them to set it ablaze. And you know what I get to do? I get to shoot them out, baby. And I'm going to do everything in my power with the help of the Holy Spirit to, to do that and to lay kindling around that passion and desire. Everything. And what I know is I need your help. Who with me? I, I, I desperately need your help because one day it's going to be the crazy guy in the, in, in, the, in the auditorium screaming at everybody about Jesus. And they're going to want nothing to do with dad, but they're going to want something to do with you, Tristan. Because they love you. And you mean so much. To them. You, Seth, Corey, Amberly, you've been in their life. I mean, there's Papa Gigi. J. Rove, he think, Bro thinks he's awesome. And you know what? You've got kids that are in the same place. And we need each other. Yes, it's an impossible task, but not with the Lord and with the help of fellow fellow believers. So church, let's do it. Like, like I wanted to go, like, buy arrows. I couldn't, it was last minute. Like, I was going to go buy arrows and hand everybody out an arrow. And I wanted us to be reminded of that. So you know what? Maybe next week we'll find. If, if anybody can help me find like 100 arrows, let, hit me up. We're going to do it. We'll hand out arrows. We're not going to shoot people, but we're going to hand them out as they leave and not give them to your kids. But man, let's get fired up. Goodness, let's get fired up. And let's shoot those little things out. Like, like tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I, I've got one going to kindergarten and to fourth grade, and I want them to cause havoc. And I'm not talking about like a, in the blocks and picking on kids. And like, I just want them to love Jesus as a, as a, as a six-year-old and as a nine-year-old. And I got my little 18 month that talks in tongues right now, and I'm trying to interpret. So if we've got any interpreters, hit me up. I'm like, 
But I mean, I'm just praying for him, and I'm laying hands on that little guy, and I'm just praying that God gets his heart, and my, my six-year-old guy's starting to stir in, and I'm just, we need each other, church. Hear me. Breathe because you're, just, you're not going to be the, the awesome, great, knock-it-out-of-the-park parent, and that's fine, and that's okay, but you're going to be one that God's going to use, and he specifically chose you to lead that family and to lead that kid. Lead that kid. You're not too far gone with the help of the Holy Spirit. He can do a great, great, mighty work. We just need to get our attention and focus back to where it needs to be. We need to be serious about the things that God's serious about, and he is super serious about this. Father, help us this morning. God, I went way, way over. I don't care. It's for your glory and your honor, and I feel like you're going to do something in this moment. But God, I just, I just pray here now that you would work in a mighty, mighty way. God, that this altar will be filled with parents who's going to be serious about this, that may, maybe this altar is even filled with someone this morning that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. And so maybe the first step for them this morning, God, is, is, is coming to faith in you and, and putting their trust in you and just, just crying out for help. God, the strongest thing that a parent could do this morning is to say, hey, look, I, I don't got it all together and I don't have a clue. God, help me. And just like we did this morning, we, we want to put people in your life to help. So God, help us step up as your church. Help us step up as your people. Help, help us be serious about this. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the men and women that pour into these kids week in and week out. God, may we as a church not put on our responsibility to do the same thing in the lives of the parents. We need you. We love you, Lord. Do work in this moment. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys stand. They're going to lead us this morning. If you want to come pray, if you need somebody to talk to, whatever you need to do, we're here and we count it an honor to walk with you.